Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. If you want to, if you're serious about encountering the Lord Jesus Christ today, then repeat these words after me. If you're like, hey man, I'm just here for a good time until lunchtime, you don't have to say it. But if you do, repeat these after me. Uh, Father, I am here on purpose. I'm here on purpose. With a purpose. With a purpose. And for a purpose. And for a purpose. I ready myself. I ready myself. To encounter you. To encounter you. And Jesus. And Jesus. Do a work right now. Do a work right now. That only you can that do. That only you can do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you're like right on my heels with saying those words. I'm like saying them and like they're still coming out of my mouth and you're still saying. <laughs> I love to. So I hear you saying them. I love the presence of the you Lord. You do. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I think it's important, too, in church is that we don't view, like, the singing songs part as that that's worship. This is a continuation of worship. That's Amen? Right. You know, so the worship hasn't stopped, and it's going to continue as we open the Word of God. That's right. So we wanted to share together today um, because we are readying ourselves, we're preparing ourselves for moving into and towards Easter. So how many of you know... Uh, you should all know because we just had an announcement about this in the video. But how many of you know that for Easter, we are going to the Abbey Arts Center? We are ready. Yeah, and we're doing that for two purposes. You ready? You start. Okay. <laughs> in the first service, we weren't, <laughs> we, weren't kind of, we weren't quite in sync with this one. Uh, two, two reasons we're going to the Abbey Arts Center for Easter. Number one is we wanted to have a service that we could all gather together at one time, um, and worship Jesus as one. Uh, right now, we have two services every Sunday. Sometimes you don't get to see people that you just love to see. You see them as you're parking your car on the street. You see them as they're leaving, as you're coming in. Or maybe you clink your coffee cups together and say, well, see you later. But we wanted to have a service all together uh, on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is a big Sunday in the church world, obviously. And the second reason we're... Yeah going to the art center because the spirit of god says it's harvest time and when the spirit of god says something we believe it amen and we yeah. get ourselves ready you know we've talked about this a lot lately but you know the time to get ready for a marathon is not the day before okay for all you marathon runners i'm sure we have a house full of marathon runners <laughs> um, but i would think that the day to prepare for a marathon wouldn't be the day before so when the spirit of god says something I think it's incumbent upon us yeah. to not wait and be like, well, I wonder if it's true, and then, you know, have a moment of regret. It's like, no, we're going to take God at his word, and we're going to begin to prepare ourselves. But mostly, we're preparing our hearts. Amen? We're preparing our hearts. If you guys were here last week, um, I spoke out of Revelation 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. But when I was sharing about testimony... Um, the word testimony means to be a witness. It means to be the witness for something or someone. In this case, Jesus. You know, be a witness for Jesus. Who is Jesus and what has he done? You're going to be hearing that a lot and you're probably going to get, so don't be afraid. Just prepare your heart and maybe get it ready. You're going to get a DM in your inbox saying who is Jesus and what he's done so that we can share um, part of that short testimony. But I talked about being a witness last week, but here's the thing that the Lord just, I'm going to poke you in the second service too. <laughs> The Lord just like poked on my heart, not just witness, Jenny, but faithful witness that, you know, this has just been, the Lord has just been poking my heart each and every moment I wake up to renew my vow to the Lord. Lord, uh, I want to be a faithful witness 
for you once again. Would you give me eyes to see today? Would you give me ears to hear? Would you give me a tender heart? And, you know, I know I'm, I might, I'm not trying to be like some super, like, Christian and like the best or anything. I'm not saying I wake up and I'm like faithful witness and I like just jump out of bed and with my cape on and I'm ready. You know, like sometimes you're tired, right? And you're just like, okay, Lord, would you just lay your hands on me? You know, I need your strength and I need your empowerment right now. You know, and sometimes it's an act of faith, but it's just with my mouth, with my mouth and with my lips, I pray and just say, Lord, would you help me be a faithful witness for you, yeah. for your love to the people around me today. So we want to begin to have conversations, have messages uh, that are causing us to think and, and change our mindset from a mindset of the temporary to the eternal, Perfect. where we're thinking about not just the here and now and and paying your bills and getting groceries and getting married or going to your new jobs or those things those are all important things that you get to take care of but that we're also thinking about things that last forever and that matter eternally I don't know if you ever stop and think about this but have you ever tried to think about the concept of eternity and it breaks your brain right you start there, then you, then you try to think about how God has existed for all time, and then you're like, I just can't even go down this road. I, my brain can't even fathom it. Well, often we are so focused on ourselves that we don't think about the things of eternity. And so we don't think about the cashier at the grocery store that maybe they need what you have, and that without that, they are going to spend eternity in separation from God. And so if we can begin to have conversations as we move towards Easter that are causing us to think about, you know what, maybe this person needs Jesus and maybe it's in my power to help introduce those two people together. Totally, and that comes back to the who is Jesus and what has he done? Because as you're thinking about it, you know, like the Bible says that we should have an answer for the hope that's in our heart at any given moment. That's what that scripture is implying and you know, gratitude helps that. You just preached on gratitude. Yeah. You know, it's just being grateful. It's that things that can get suppressed and pushed down to the bottom because we can forget who he is. We can forget his goodness. But as we give thanks, it's like it's like who he is, what he's done is up here. So as you, you know, as we give testimony to that, it mm-hmm. makes us more aware. And as we're more aware, we're probably going to be seeing people the way That's that right. he sees them quicker. That's right. Mm-hmm. Eternally. Eternally. Mm-hmm. Through an eternal lens. That's right. So if you have your Bible, which I sure hope you do, uh, open it to Mark chapter 16. Your glasses. Oh, wow. Also, I have a random question. Do I look as uncomfortable on this couch as I feel? I can't find I the right... I uh, change chairs, you guys, for the second So service. do you take me serious if I lean back? Like, th- there's no back on this couch. It just it's keeps... perfect for me. You're five foot three. Now I've got the, my legs together. You'll be fine. I've got, Riley, I've got no table. I've got nothing to put my stuff on. Guys, I have this phrase in the house that I oh, say. Oh, it's not you'll my be favorite. Fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> so, you'll be fine. <laughs> I've cut my hand off. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, I'll Mark, pray for you, then you'll be fine. Mark chapter 16. <laughs> uh, we're going to call today's message Back to the Start. And my subtitle, because I love subtitles right now, because I feel like subtitles give a little more explanation about what we're talking about. Awesome, Pastor Jake. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? So my subtitle is, um, The End is the Beginning. 
And why we're calling it that is because we are going to look at the two accounts of Jesus before he ascended to heaven in his last words, some of his last words. I'm sure he said like bye to them and stuff like that as he was floating up to heaven. Um, But some of his last words is what we're going to look at in Mark chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 28. And we're calling it back to the start. The end is the beginning because this was the end of Jesus's natural earthly life before he ascended to heaven. And his his human ending here on earth is the beginning of our eternal mission. He's like, I started something, and now it's your job to continue. So it's our beginning. As he ascended, he's like, see you guys later. There's work for you to do. This is my natural end here, but this is your beginning. So Mark chapter 16 is where we're going to pick up. We're going to look at verse 15. And it says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Yeah, can we just talk about the word anyone for a second? This is a real brain buster, but who, what does the word anyone mean? Are you sure about that? You all seem like you think maybe it's a trick question. Uh, anyone in the Greek means anyone. Just like it does in the English, it means nobody's left out. It means all, it means everyone, it means anyone. Anyone. And that means your unfavorite people too. Sure. Everybody. That's right. Everybody gets to All the peoples. All the peoples. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. I just want to talk about this for just a second as well. So Jesus is talking. He's just told the disciples to go into all the world and preach the good news, right? And then he says this. He says, anybody who believes will be saved. Then he says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Are you somebody that believes? Are you a believer in Jesus? Again, not a trick. This is not a trick question. This is, it's fair game. It's a real question. If you believe in Jesus, then according to what Jesus himself writes, right here says, he says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that was just for then or do you think that's for now too? Uh, No, it's absolutely for now. That's why I'm saying that because he said, listen, it says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. So the the idea, if you just track with Jesus' train of thought, he says, Rich, I'm going to heaven now. I've started a work that you have to complete. Uh, what, I, what I need you to do, what you have to do to, to begin this mission is go into the world and make disciples. And uh, it says, anybody who believes will be saved. And then he says, anybody who believes will do these miraculous signs. Right. So if it was just for the disciples, he would have said, boys, this is just for you. This is a special ability that I'm giving you, and when you're dead and gone, this is going to die. But what he said is, go into the world, make disciples, but anyone who believes is saved, and anyone who believes will do these signs. We'll have these miraculous things following them. Yeah, and that word, like and, as we know, it's like a conjunction, okay, for all you English majors in the house. But it's like... It's not stopping. It's saying, and you get this, Mm -hmm. you call upon my name, you accept in me in your heart, and you're going to do this. Yeah. You know, it's not like you get Jesus and then, oh, if you, you know, pay 99 cents more, you get the other package. It's one package. (laughs) But wait, there's more. It's one package. That's that's right. Okay, so Matthew chapter 28, we're going to look at this account of 
the last words of Jesus. It's called the Great Commission, right? Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, because I've been given all authority, says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you ever get baptized and you wonder why we say we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's because that's what Jesus said to do. And so we baptize in that name. And then it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, I want to look at this for just a moment, these two verses, and I want, to, I want to show you five things that we see out of here that Jesus told his disciples that they were supposed to do. The first thing is that you're supposed to go. I want to break, uh, I want to break maybe a mindset or a mindset? mindset? A concept is what I was trying to say in your mind. There you go. <laughs> Guys, you heard it here first. Wildfire, this word's going to catch on. Mindset. A concept in our minds that we hang on to is that it is the job of only the evangelists to tell people about Jesus. Can I tell you that is not true? Yeah, an evangelist, that is like they are gifted to do that. They are graced to do that. It drives their life. They are passionate about that. But here's the thing. You, if you follow Jesus, we are all called to share the good news of Jesus with those people in our world. He says, go into all the world. So when Mike is driving around in his truck, I saw Mike drive past me in his truck. You see Mike's truck coming a thousand miles away. He's got this gray pickup truck, this big tank on top of it in red. I'm like, there comes Mike. Here he comes. There goes Mike. But when Mike is driving around, he's changing tires. He's at a truck stop talking to truckers or he's doing his thing. It is, it is incumbent on Mike. Part of, part of Mike's responsibility as a follower of Jesus is to talk to those people when he can, how he can, whatever ways he can about the goodness of God in Mike's life. Right. Right. When he said go into all the world, it doesn't just mean go onto a plane and go overseas and then tell people about Jesus. That's Guess what? Yeah, yes, of yeah. course that's a good thing. Uh, but it's everywhere. When you leave church today and you get up, you are doing what? You're going. See, that was, that was a tough one. I understand. I made that kind of confusing. When you get up in the morning and you get out of bed and you get ready to go, you're always going somewhere. But when you're going... You're supposed to go in the power and the authority of Jesus and bring him and his goodness with you everywhere you go. Right. And you, listening as you go, you talked about this in the first service, but listening as we go, you know, um, we were talking about Kronos and Kairos time. Kairos time means the appointed time, okay? But it's always asking the question, what is this time for? What if we constantly positioned ourselves, woke up every morning, Lord, I want to be a faithful witness for you, position ourselves as we go, before we go out of the house, before we leave our job, anytime we go, start the car, walk out that door, you know, is, um, is lean in and listen and constantly be in fellowship with the Father saying, what is this time for? And if we train ourselves to do that, you know what will happen is you won't have to ask that question anymore. It will just become who you are. That's right. And you're just going to instinctively know what this moment is for. And the other thing is, is you know, is, is you're going. May we do more 
listening, because if we do more listening, yes to the Holy Spirit, but to people, we're going to know what to say That's to right. them by His Spirit. That's right. There is, there is an action that is supposed to be attached to your going. You don't just get to go and run and get away as far as you possibly can. Jesus said, go, and then he said, and make disciples. Or in Matthew, I think it is, it's the one where he says, preach the good news. So when you go, there is, an, there is intentionality behind your going to make disciples or preach the good news. Um, in Webster's, disciple is this. It means a follower, an adherent to the doctrines of another. Uh, hence, the constant attendance of Christ were called his disciples. Yeah, and hence, all Christians are called his disciples. If you are a follower of Jesus, guess what? You're a disciple of Jesus. Um, as they profess to learn and receive his doctrines and precepts. So if you are making disciples, it means that you are going to those people and you're talking to them about who God is, what he's done. You're teaching them the things that Jesus said and you are following the things that Jesus said. Yeah, and you know, and as these things, be, you know, as you avail yourself to this, I promise you, People will start coming. They'll, they'll come around you. It's like you'll become this love magnet. And it really is the love of God inside of us. You know, I experienced this last week at the gym. And this, this young man walked up to me. And he's like, so I've been digging into the scriptures. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're digging into the scriptures? You know, like, tell me more, you know? And because I'm curious about what he's going to say. And so his digging into the scriptures was actually reading these um, spiritual books on New Age. But here's the thing. My job in that moment of leaning in what, you know, what this moment was for was not to say, that's not the Bible, you're not reading the scriptures. It was to have a little bit longer of a conversation because I knew in my heart that this wasn't supposed to be a one and done, that this is supposed to be an ongoing relationship and an ongoing conversation. Yeah. Like the Apostle Paul said, I watered, Apollos, or I planted, Apollos watered, but God got the in increase yeah. because in that moment, if I had just said, you're wrong, that's new age, that's not actually what the Bible says, he's going to feel rejection. Anytime anyone talks about Jesus after that point is not going to be a very positive experience for him. But I had an opportunity to listen, to, to navigate the conversation in a little bit of a different direction, but not too, too much because I'm not afraid because the Holy Spirit has this conversation. The Lord's hand is upon his life. Amen. And what was really cool was the next day I got to witness, you didn't know this until this first service I told you, but I could hear a conversation that this young man was now having with Pastor Jake. And it was like, they're kind of like having the same conversation in a different way, but the wisdom and the love that was coming out of Jake's mouth to continue that conversation and that narrative of going for, forward was just beautiful, you know? So sometimes our position and our role isn't just to, I'm not trying to get ahead of us right now, but isn't just to pray with everyone and make them our conquest in that moment, to lean in and ask the Lord, what is this moment for? Perhaps I'm supposed to plant a seed of love. And some of you could say, well, that's apathetic and that's weak. Well, not if it's what God called you to do, you know, is that sometimes even like try, if you're trying to make people your conquest, it's like you're doing something out of fear and you're not doing it out of love. But as we, as, as we have the love of God, as the Bible says, shed in our broad, shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit is that that love is always trying to serve the moment, serve our Father well, and serve that person well because we are about the long game. It's that people would see Jesus. That's Amen? Right. That's right. Disci uh, discipling somebody, when he said to go make disciples, you are walking the long road with somebody. We are. Um, you, yeah, right. you, are you have to be willing to 
walk them through difficult situations, through circumstances. You've got to endure with them. It's going to require things of you. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to, yeah, it'll frustrate you, but it is, it's, look at Jesus and his disciples that he had. He had the same guys for three and a half years. And the Bible tells us that Jesus, yeah, Jesus knew that Judas was the one who was going to betray him all along. But Jesus still chose to walk with Judas, have Judas walk with him. He still allowed Judas to be the one that controlled the money bag and, and paid the bills and did all those kind of things, even though all along he knew that this is the guy that was going to betray him. Jesus was discipling his disciples. And so there's going to be people in your life that God calls you to walk the road with, and it's going to require some, some grace, some patience, some strength, and a whole lot of prayer. Yeah, a lot of prayer. <laughs> a lot of prayer. But as you do it, you will begin to see the fruit taking, taking seed and planted in their life beginning to grow. So Jesus says, out of these two portions of scripture, he says to go. He says to make disciples or preach the gospel. He then goes on to say that you need to baptize them. Mm-hmm. He says you need to teach them to obey the commands of Jesus. And I love, can we put this back up, guys, so that everybody can see it? Uh, teach them to obey commands of Jesus. And, and um, in, the, in the original Greek, when it's talking about teaching them to obey the commands, when it says obey the precepts or obey the commands, what it's really talking about is not allowing those commands and those words of Jesus to be altered. So we live in a day and an age right now where people are twisting the gospel to make it fit their purposes. And if you are going into all the world making disciples, it means that you are walking with people, not allowing them as they have questions or they're, they're not sure about some things and they want to twist the word of God or they want to make it fit and suit their own purposes. When you're walking with those people, you come along and say, well, actually, that's not what the word says. And this is what the Bible says. And so we've got to adjust ourselves to get in line with the word as opposed to adjusting the word to get in alignment with us. Mm-hmm. You got to know the word. Amen. Yeah, a good example of this is some people who say uh, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's actually not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the love of money right. is the root of all evil. So, you know, if someone says, well, money is the root of all evil, I'm just yeah. giving you a little example of how this could go. You would have a good opportunity in that moment. What's this moment for? Well, it's obvious. You know, a little bit, you know, would be obvious. Well, actually, you know, you say it really, actually, that's not what the Bible says. Here's what it says. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. I love, can I tell you a story for a second? I think probably some of you heard this story before. One of my favorite encounters about this was there was a season in our life. We had just moved from Chilliwack to Victoria, and the church in Victoria was so small that that they couldn't afford to pay me, so I went and got another job. And I was working at Long and McQuaid. And to, to work at Long and McQuaid, it's a requirement that you are a, mu- a musician. Like, you can't work there unless you're an actual musician. And so everybody at this Long and McQuaid in Victoria... Um, they Yeah, they were all, like... They were out gigging, like, every chance they could get. They were going on tour. They literally would take their paychecks, and, like, uh, they had financed all kind of gear so like half of their paychecks every pay period went to paying Long and McQuaid for the new gear they had bought um this one guy that I worked with was an awesome guy I really liked this guy I still really like him today and he was telling me about one of his favorite songs by a band called Thrice and the singer was Dustin Kinsrew does anybody know who Thrice is okay so he's like I I love this song yeah two people okay 
Anyways, guys, uh, awesome band. And um, he starts talking. He's like, I love this song. Um, this guy wrote, it's a Shakespeare play, and it's from Shakespeare. And he begins to quote the song to me. And it's the scripture where Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest. But this dude thinks that William Shakespeare wrote this. And so I was like, bro, man, like, um, I said, I said, that's not Shakespeare, that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it opened up the door to this conversation. I loved it because I work with this guy every day. And it, in, in that moment, me just not saying, oh, yeah, cool, Shakespeare, and like walking away being too embarrassed to say something, me saying to him actually it was Jesus that said this and talked about the whole context of the verse, it opened up the door and we began to have super great conversations about the Lord and who he is and what he's done and what he wanted to do in this guy's life that never would have happened if I just said, yeah, I love Shakespeare too. Cool. I've got to take this box somewhere else now. Yeah, and you knew your moment. I knew my moment. You, know, you knew your moment and you knew the Lord and, and because you knew his love, you weren't afraid to speak into that. That's right. Because what is there to be afraid of? You know, like, you know, the, yes. what is there to be afraid of? What's there to be afraid of? What is there to be afraid of in that moment? Yeah. You know, people are starving. People are hurting. People are broken. Let's love them, and let's love them with all our heart and love them really well. People are probably not going to turn love away. That's a, <laughs> that's a really good you know, sentence. That, yeah. Like first John, remember that? Yeah. First John. Yeah, first John. Eight, whatever yeah. that song was when we were little, it helped me remember First that. John 4, 7, and 8. Right. Beloved, let us love there one another. There goes Pastor. For love is of God. <laughs> but that God is, now I've forgotten what I was talking about. But God is yeah, love. love. You know, and, and one of the beautiful things is, is you're talking about Jesus and as you're talking about God, like I find this even in, like as we're worshiping together, we become more aware of his love and, and his love will become magnified in that moment as you just begin to talk about Jesus. And I bet you'll even forget that any like fear that you might have had to talk to that person, it's just going to dissipate as you just step out and you with love, in love, to talk to them. That's right. Go ahead. Um, so, <laughs> so he says these, there's these five things that you see in both accounts of Jesus ascending to heaven in what we call the Great Commission. Tell them to obey the commands of Jesus. Then he says signs will follow. And I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter um, 9. And we're going to read this short passage together. And we're going to make a couple points. I love this passage. <clears throat> yeah. So much. Signs will follow. I just want to tell you this while you're turning your Bibles there. I think we're moving into a day and an age where, um, you know, last Sunday, Adrian had a word during pre-service prayer about this. You mentioned it while you were speaking as well. We are moving into a day and an age where people are very open to all kinds of things. And as followers of Jesus, we have the same spirit that raised Christ the dead living and dwelling on the inside of us. And so when you are talking to people here and now about Jesus, you have the ability to tap into that same spirit that Jesus had and minister to those people on a whole other level. It says, Jesus said that signs will follow. 
And so when you are talking to people about Jesus, I, uh, I think what God is wanting to do in this day and age is not just have your words fall on deaf ears or have your words be spoken, but he is wanting to show himself real, alive, and strong by doing a work that only he can do. Whether that's through words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment, whether you're praying for somebody and they need, they're, they're healed or they, they're sick and they need healing or whether their heart is broken or whatever. But I believe that God is wanting to begin to move in people's hearts and lives so that they see him. Yeah. That's what happened with the woman at the well. I that's right. That last week where I said the woman who left the water pot is, you know, Jesus, it's, it says after her encounter with the Lord, it said that she went running back to her village and she said, come and see the man who, t- who told me everything about myself. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And that's like a whole other message and a whole, you know, a whole other sermon. But you don't have to be a prophet to give someone a prophetic word. Right. I'll say that again for some of you, just to help release you. You don't have to be a prophet, you know, to give someone a prophetic word. You know, some of you shouldn't be calling yourselves prophets. I'll say the other thing to you. You're the other side of it too, just to be, just to be a good pastor. But you know, and, and how does that start? How does no? I want to just help some of you that are new to this. How does that start? Start with practicing giving people words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. You can never go wrong encouraging someone. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought, I thought you were. Go, I was. I'm yeah. looking at the. Okay. Too, yeah. yeah, we're almost out of time here. Uh, Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-five. It's a beautiful portion of scripture, and it says this, and, and there's three things that you notice in here. Uh, it says, Jesus traveled throughout all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. So he's going around, and he's teaching, he's preaching. And it says, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. So he said to his disciples in verse 37, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. You know, we're talking about the Great Commission. We're talking about moving towards Easter and beginning to turn our hearts and minds in a new way back again to the things that are eternal, not just the here and now, but the things that really matter eternally and will last forever, people's salvation, people's freedom. And so, you know, we can read the Great Commission, we can read the last words of Jesus and say, Jesus said to do that, and we could say, oh, cool, but there has to be a motivator for us that causes us to step into that and begin to do it. And we see here that the motivation of Jesus was compassion, that Jesus loved those people, that they weren't just some random person that was on the planet at the same time as him, but he, he looked at those people and he saw the need that they were in. He saw their hurts. He saw their brokenness. He saw their confusion. He saw their frustration. He saw all the things that we're dealing with. He saw that, and in that moment, he looked at them, the Bible says, and he had compassion on them. And then his response was, pray to the God of the harvest and ask him to send more harvester into the field. So our response has to be that our heart is changed so that we go into the field and begin to take the good news of Jesus everywhere we go. And the only way that really happens is if we begin to see those people the same way that God sees them, the same way that Jesus saw them, that we begin to love them the same way that Jesus loved them. You know, we all have our favorite people, 
right? We all have our unfavorite people, don't we? <laughs> Nobody's like, I'm not raising my hand for that. But it's true, we're human, and we do have favorites. We have unfavorites, we have super unfavorites, we have medium people, we have neutral people. I have no feelings for that person. No feelings. But truly, to do the work of the kingdom and continue the work of Jesus Christ will require that we begin to see people the same way he does and not through our own lenses not through our own wounds and our own hurts and our own frustrations. Human nature is to say, I can't love that person because of what they have done to me. I can't help that person because of this, that, or the other. But godly nature and your true divine nature as a child of God is to love those people the same way that he does so that you can show them the same love that you've received. And practice on those people because I, I think sometimes you think oh we're just going to go get this whole city safe for Jesus and the Lord's like what about that person in your family that you're grumbling what about that person right there that you've gossiped about what about this person that you think is super annoying and what happens is unknowingly I think for many you start creating judgment you know forms in your heart I talked about this in the first service but here's the thing about judgment you can't control eventually who it goes to mm. it becomes like a cancer in your heart so you know is the Lord's telling us to get ready he's he's saying like get get your heart ready hope city you know watch for those little judgments perhaps we need to have some moments with the Lord this week you know Psalm 139 like try me Lord see if there's any wicked yeah. way in me and lead me in the way everlasting how we think about people everyone okay because this is for everyone matters how we talk about people matters and I'm not talking about give yourself points for the people that you like the Bible says if you love those who um how does it say uh, if you love those who love you what what, what is, is that? what is that yeah. to you but practice <laughs> on the people around you, yeah. you know, because it's the Lord saying 2024, a year of more. Well, let's get, you know, let's focus on the right here and now and the people around us. Let's focus on the opportunity, the next opportunity in front of us. Yeah. You know. I'm trying to summarize this, mm -hmm. and it's incredibly simple. Mm -hmm. But it's big. It's big, uh -huh. and here's the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you will never you will never talk to another person about the goodness of God in your life if you don't care about them. It's when you begin to care for people, when you begin to love people, when you begin to love them like God loves them. And that's the hard part. You know, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. I have that tattooed on my forearm, not because I think it's a cool saying, because it's right here. And every time my arm is out in front of me, it stares me in the face. So good. It's a reminder that I need. And then bigger than that, I have on my forearm, it says, live like Jesus. To remind me to live my life like Jesus. And so, if you don't love people the way that God loves them, the way that Jesus loved them, then it will never move you to an action to share the good news about what you've received with those people. You will become a selfish follower of Jesus. And, well, there really is no such thing as a true selfish follower of Jesus. <laughs> is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. 
think it's a process of sanctification too as we go through our life. Praise the Lord. Of course, Hi. but yeah. <laughs> Stand up with me. Yeah, I'm done. Do you have anything? I want to pray. I want to pray for everybody. Do you? No, yeah, we were talking about love being the motivator. I was sharing about, you know, like making that vow, renewing that vow before the Lord. There's a scripture in Corinthians, or not in Corinthians, Colossians, and it said to put on love. You know, and I, and I love that scripture where it says put on love. I was trying to think, like, I was trying to find, like, a garment at home that looked like love, and I wanted to, like, just, like, physically put it on, but I don't have any cool, fancy clothes like that, but... <laughs> I was just thinking about, like, this cape that I could just, like, I know this sounds silly, but put on every morning, you know, just as a, as a physical reminder that I have to put on the love of Jesus Christ right. each and every day because I'm human. And in, in my human nature, I can't be who God's called, us, called to, I can't be who God's called me to be and do what he's called me to do. But in my divine nature and in his, in his divine ability working in me and through me, I can and we will. In his divine ability, in his grace, church, we can and we will be who God's called us to be, to do the things that he's called us to do. You know, we're talking about Easter at the Art Center. You know, this is just a starting conversation, but we're, we're not trying to have an event to have an event, that we just feel like the Lord has given us something. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have space for everyone and space to invite people, but we believe that as 2024 is a year of more, the Lord is giving us something to focus on and work towards, but that's not the finish line. The, the art center is not the finish line. God's going to say, keep going, keep going, keep making disciples, keep laying hands on the sick, keep growing in my love that there is no limit. And I say in the name of Jesus, love of God, would you flow into our hearts today once again by the power of your Holy Spirit that we, Hope City, would know your love the depths, the width, the height, the length, Lord God, the fullness of your love, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you that you are using every moment in our life, every relationship to teach us your love, Lord, because we know that we cannot give away what we have not received, Lord Jesus. So Holy Spirit, would you come and continue to do a work inside of our heart that only you can do. Father, I'm asking you that you would just take your hands of love and just begin to expand our heart collectively and individually as your church, Lord God, that we could be faithful witnesses and fulfill the holy mission and assignment that you have for this church and this city. And I say for for so many of you that deal with fear and anxiety, that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I speak Holy Spirit activation to every grace gift in the house, even in the area of the prophetic and in the area of evangelism. I say, let it be loosed. Let it be released. Love of God, I thank you that you break the power of fear, that it's canceled out in the presence of the Lord. I say to you who've dealt with fear only be strong only create only be courageous for god is with you wherever you go in jesus name yeah. jesus name sorry i didn't ask you to <laughs> well you, you don't have to ask me yeah. to pray. <laughs> she's saying that because i prayed for all of us at the last mm -hmm. service not because she has to ask for my permission no, to yeah, pray that's it. Uh, i do i do want to do one thing mm -hmm. uh, real quick real easy and then i want to read you a verse that pastor jen was just referring to mm -hmm. Uh, the first thing I want to do is this, is, um, and this is, this, is, this is real honest, and this is real, uh, this is real life. So I'm not going to ask you to do anything hard, but I am going to ask you to be real. And if you're here today, and, and as we were talking, you could identify with yourself, yeah, 
I probably don't have a heart for the lost the way that Jesus does. I probably don't have a heart for my neighbor to know the Jesus that I know. I probably don't care about that cashier at wherever I go as much as Jesus does. But I realize that I probably should. That I, I want you to raise your hand up. We're going to do something real easy. A real easy, I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to make you come up here. If I admit this, what's he going to make me do? We're, we're going to say something together, real simple. But only, only you can pray this prayer. I can't pray it for you. And so if that's you, listen, I, 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 I'm telling you right here, I'm being real honest with you. This is a prayer as a pastor that I've had to pray a lot. Yeah, come on, baby. That I pray frequently. Life is a journey. It's a process. Nobody's perfect. We're all getting there one day at a time. So if, if you got your hand up and you're saying, I realize that, you know, I could care more about these other people in my life. I could care more about my neighbors. I could care more about my teacher. I could care more about my boss. Then I want you to put your hand over your heart and just repeat this after me. Father, I ask you right now in the mighty name of Jesus to increase my capacity. Open my eyes to see my neighbors, to see the prodigals, to see the lost the exact same way you do. Speak to me truth, wisdom, and revelation so that I can bring your love to those people around me in Jesus name amen. amen listen I, I encourage you to say those few words yourself often God increase my capacity when you realize that you have let a moment pass by when you get into your car and you realize ah oh, I probably could have handled that different. Oh man, I probably should have cared more. That person was just spilling their guts to me and I was like, cool, thanks for my lunch, I gotta go. And you sit down and you realize you missed it. Here's what you do. God, I missed it. Increase my capacity. Open my eyes wider. Open my eyes, open my ears so I hear more clearly. It's not a prayer of shame. It's a prayer of realization that there's more God has called you to do and that you are part of his work being done on this planet. I want to read this passage that Jem was just referring to here, talking about her, your code of love. I don't know what a code of love would look like, but I'm very curious to see it's what this... Red. red. Okay. <clears throat> red, red, red like furry. I picture red furry okay. things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that means keep talking. She's just like move on. Yeah, sounds fun. It's in Colossians chapter 3, and we may preach on this in the coming weeks. We are going to begin to dive into what it means to care about the lost, what our role in that looks like. Like, what, what is Jesse's role in, in the Great Commission? How does that play out? What does it look like for Devin when she's at school? What does it look like for Lori when she's at work? What does it look like for Rich when he's making pizza and it's just him in the shop and one other dude? How does the Great Commission play out there? We're going to begin to look at these things as we move towards Easter because it is a year of more and God is wanting to draw people to himself for salvation 
for healing and for hope. And so in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, and when he says above all, he's saying above all these things that I just listed, above all these things that I just told you, the most important thing I'm about to say is this. He says, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. The idea, Jen was talking about a coat, and the idea is, is that you put on this coat of love like a robe with like the the tie thing what's that thing called the the tie thing let's go with that <laughs> but you put on this love and tie it tight you tie it around your waist tight and what it does is it holds everything else in place. All those things that Paul had just listed, it holds those things in place. It's love that does that. Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. It's a new day. It's a new, it's a new season we're stepping into where God is rekindling the fires. Evangelism is not just for the evangelist. Telling people about the good news of Jesus is for every single person in this room. Wherever you're at, wherever you find yourself. So let's just take a moment. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.